This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs Part 2. Part 2. Hiroshima Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Laura's uh, going to take this one away. This will be her episode where she talks about all of our medical issues with um, the atomic bomb. The atomic bomb that has just recently exploded mm-hmm. from the last episode over yep. the cities. Um, so I got this information from k1project.columbia.edu, newsweek.com, atomicheritage.org, Wikipedia, health.com, and history101.com. History101? Yes. Okay. This like yours is a story. This is not a story. <laughs> well, because yours is just it's medical facts. Yes. Yeah. So it may be a little dry, but bear with. But then I have stories of like nine survivors. Oh wow! Like they're just little clips, but yeah. they're interesting. I'll do that at the end. Um, <laughs> we don't so, want to hear about the survivors now. Right. So it's really hard to get exact numbers of casualties. For many different reasons. Some just incinerated where they stood. <laughs> yeah. And the records weren't that great then, like how what the right. population was. The census hadn't been sent in yet. The government buildings were, were completely decimated. decimated. So any information they did have on census was lost. And, you know, a gazillion people died. So they can't even tell you, oh, yeah, my sister, my aunt, my cousin. Like, people were incinerated on the spot. Mm-hmm. So you don't even know what bodies they were. So it's really hard to have exact numbers. Um the there's me, there's a ton of different places that did research on all of this stuff. Um, the Manhattan Engineer Districts was a place that did information was the Manhattan about the Manhattan Project. They tried to get any kind of numbers and mm-hmm. you know how you said like they want to know what happened. They want to know the numbers. They wanted to do it there so they it could was, see. I mean, it needed to be done to stop it, but it was like an experiment. It was an experiment. Let's see what this is right. going to do to the human race. Right. Um, so these are this the Manhattan Engineers District's best abil- available figures are in Hiroshima, the pre-raid population was about two hundred and fifty-five thousand people. The dead, sixty-six thousand. Injured, sixty-nine thousand. So total casualties in Hiroshima from the bomb was one hundred and thirty-five thousand people. That's a lot of fucking people. Yes. In Nagasaki. The pre-raid population was 195,000. The dead, 39,000. Injured, 25,000. Total casualties, 64,000 there. So about 200,000 casualties in total. Um, The relation of the casualties to the distance from X. I'm going to say that a lot. Distance from X. Distance from where the bomb... The the epicenter. Yes, the epicenter of the bomb is X. So... Relation of the total casualties to the epicenter of the bomb in Nagasaki from zero to 1,640 feet from X. 7,505 were killed. 960 were injured. 1,127 are missing. Um, That's a lot of missing people. Right. Because they, they just incinerated. Yep. Yeah. Um, total casualties, 9,592. Killed per square mile, 24,700. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, also in Nagasaki, 1,640 feet to 3,300 feet. The people killed, 3,688. Injured, 1,478. Missing, 1,799. Total casualty lost there, 6,965. Killed per square mile, 4,040. Um, 3,300 feet to 4,900 feet. Killed, 8,678. Injured, 17,137. Missing, 3,597. Total casualties, 29,412. So is that... I'm getting my... As you're going further out. It's getting less. It, was it that, does. It, almost it seems gets like bigger and then it gets... Yeah. It's getting more. Yeah. Okay. Um, It, it got... It gets bigger at one point. Because then you get the shockwave coming out and... Um, from 4,900 feet to 6,550 feet. Um, 212 killed, injured, 11,958, missing 28, total casualties, 12,207. Um, and then from 6,550 feet to 9,850 feet, 112 killed, injured, 9,460, missing 17, total casualties, 9,589. That's wow. at 
almost 10,000 feet away from the epicenter. Which is pretty far away. Yeah. Um, the mortality rate based on the distance in feet from X. So mm-hmm. this, in the epicenter. This is the mortality rate. Zero to 1,000 feet away from the epicenter, 93% mortality rate. So nobody really lived. No. 1,000 to 2,000 feet, 92% mortality rate. 2,000 to 3,000 feet, 86% mortality rate. 3,000 to 4,000, 69% mortality rate. You're still over half of people are dying. Yep. Um, 4,000 to 5,000 feet, just it's 49%. So now you're getting under half of the people dying. Um, 5,000 to 6,000 feet, 31.5%. 6,000 to 7,000 feet, 12.5%. There's a huge drop in that. 7 to 8,000 feet, 1.3%. 8,000 to 9,000 feet, 0.5%. So basically what you're saying is when the next bomb gets dropped, I want to be over 9,000 feet away. Yeah. Nine to 10,000, 0% mortality rate. That's interesting. So you're, you're good if you're about 10,000 feet away. About 10,000 feet away. How much is that in miles? Do we know? I don't know. You don't have to Google this. I can look it up. How many feet are in a mile? All right. You can listen to me say, how many feet are in a mile? It's 5,280 feet. So if you're two, two miles, miles away. It be two miles away. Holy if you're within shit. two miles, it's not good. If you're within a mile, you're done. That's a significant dip- what, distance. What was 5,000? I mean, Charlestown it was 40, it was is 40, a mile 40, wide. 49% mortality rate within a mile. I mean, at it, the mile. Like, think of Manhattan. Manhattan is not that wide, it's yeah. less than a mile. So if you dropped a bomb in the middle of Manhattan, you're going to decimate. The entire island of yeah. Manhattan. Everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, not good. Um, the causes of the immediate death, other than the people just being completely incinerated, that we have no idea how, you know, mm-hmm. where they went, what their bodies looked like, nothing, because they were gone. And gone. The shadows were left. Um, but other than that, the bodies they did see. Hiroshima um, burns were 60% of the immediate cause of death. Falling debris was 30% of the immediate cause of death and 10% is other, like any mm-hmm. any other reason why they died. In Nagasaki, burns were 95% of the co- immediate cause of death. Falling debris was 9%. I also don't understand these percentage rates. Flying glass was 7% and then other was 7%. Yeah. So, um, but burns in Nagasaki especially. Well, it's the heat of the sun. Yeah. Um, injuries to people from the atomic bomb explosions were... One of usual four things. Burns. Um, there's flash, radiation, heat, and then fires also started by the explosions. Two were mechanical injuries, like building collapses, flying debris. You mm-hmm. die from that stuff. Three was direct effects of the blast or compression from the blast. Or shock waves. And four were radiation injuries. So I'll get into all these. Um, the greatest number of casualties resulted from more than one type of injury. So you were burned. And you and crushed in yeah. yeah, everything else. Um, but greater parts of the casualties resulted from burns and mechanical injuries. The greatest single factor for the occurrence of casualties was the distance a person was from the center of the explosion. <coughs> we were really mattered. Com- really mattered. Um, based on a study performed of 900 patients there, total casualties occurred as far as 14,000 feet at Nag- Nagasaki in 12,000 at Hiroshima. So even though Nagasaki didn't go as planned or it didn't drop where they wanted it to, it reached further than the one in Hiroshima. Where did they take them? So I'll get into that. All right. Because um, so like, think about it. The entire city's fucking yeah. gone. Um, burns were experienced the farthest from X and mechanical injuries were seen further than radiation injuries. So it was radiation injuries were closest then mechanical injuries, then burns were experienced the mm-hmm. furthest out from X. Findings show that no person was injured by radioactivity who was not exposed to the actual explosion of the bombs. So people thought if you went there after that you were to just... help clean it up, that you were going to get sick from radio. You were not. The only people that got radiation injuries were, the were there who... when the bomb went off. I did hear, and I don't know if you talk about this, they said um, it might have been with the Nagasaki one because it burst higher. A lot of the radiation went up in the air, but it caused black rain. So it brought it all back down on the people. So it, it, the, the bomb didn't get you. The fucking black rain right. did. Right. <laughs> and yeah, the, uh, one of the stories that talks about that. Okay. Um, 
Mechanical injuries include fractures, lacerations, contusions, abrasions, other injuries expected from falling roofs, falling buildings, Buildings concrete walls collapsing down on you, um, flying debris, flying glass, like anything you would get in a car accident or, you Mm -hmm. know, if a a building collapsed here, any of those injuries is what you're going to get. Um, At Hiroshima, patients with these injuries were less than 10,000 feet from X. In Nagasaki, they were as far as 12,200 feet from X. Nagasaki was the... It was um, the bigger bomb. It was the bigger bomb. So it did... It caused more damage. Um, There's less people there, so there's less injured, but it caused Mm -hmm. wider damage. Yeah. Um, The huge drag wind the bombs created, obviously, it displaces all this air, right? So there's huge drag winds attributed to those injuries, like all these mechanical injuries, because like a part of a prison was, you know, it's a concrete wall. This wall went as high as 30 feet up in the air in 80 feet away from where it originally was. So you're standing 80 feet away from this prison, and this prison wall comes and kills you <laughs> from 30 feet up in the air. Yeah. Like, it's insane, yeah. these injuries you can get. Um, then there's blast injuries. The This was surprising, because I thought, I think I've heard stories about this, but I guess it's not they're not as true as some of the stories you've heard aren't true. So there's blast injuries, and that pressure's on the ground from the blast. You know, you get shockwaves. Mm-hmm. They were not strong enough to kill anyone, except for people within a few hundred feet of the center of the bomb. Could you imagine being the poor fucker who's right under it? Yeah, but you know what? You're just gone. Yeah. You know what? Like, you didn't... You didn't even know it was coming. You didn't know it was coming. You didn't suffer. Um, So the shockwaves weren't as strong as... There was all these stories of... It wasn't... They said it wouldn't have been just that that killed you. Something else had... You got a radio... You got a burn. You got a something. But it wasn't just the shockwave. Um, Very few ruptured eardrums were seen. You would think in a huge blast like yeah. that, that's, you know, everybody's ears would be popped out. Nope. The Japanese had reported immediate effects of the blast pressure, like people with ruptured abdomens and their intestines are hanging out. This was like the reports. Yeah. Um, eyeballs hanging out of your face from the blast and from the pressure. However, studies found that the blast alone probably didn't create those injuries that were seen. And they weren't like hundreds of people walking around with these injuries. Like with You wouldn't be walking around up. with those injuries anyway. Right. Well, that's what the stories were. Yeah. These people, you know, their eyes are just hanging out of their face. The bodies they found and the people who survived, there weren't that many injuries like that. Um, obviously, burns is another severe injury we get from these. Um, there's two types. There's fire burn, which is a regular. If you were in a house mm-hmm. fire, you would have a fire burn. And then there's flash burn. Like I said, fire burns are the ones we all know. Mm-hmm. You come in contact with actual fire and you catch on fire and you have a burn. Terrible, awful. You can die from them. Um, and the explosion started many fires. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, once you have everything combusted under everything, combusted. everything went on flames. The lines go up. Everything and catching on fire. Wooden paper, paper houses. Yep. Um, and so people had severe, terrible burns that way. Then there's flash burns. And flash burns are injuries caused by intense flashes of light. High voltage electric current or strong thermal radiation. So they saw a ton of flash burns. Um, distinct features of flash burns are marked redness of affected skin areas appear immediately. So if you were walking down the street and there's a and you get a flash burn, and I had on a t-shirt in jeans, everything else is covered up except my forearms, my face, and my neck. Immediately, my it's forearms burnt. that are looking at the explosion. Face and neck are very red. The back of my arms is not. The back of my neck is not. Whatever is facing the explosion gets the flash burn. Nothing else. So it's not like it's not like a fire where you catch. Um, And when seen 50 days after the exposure, the most noted characteristic was that these burns had a sharp limitation to expose skin facing explosion. So like I was saying, so if a guy was walking and swinging his arms. Mm -hmm. And this atomic bomb exploded on his right. His right arm on the outside would be burned and his left arm on on the the inside inside would be burned. It was like you could see exactly what was facing facing the explosion and what was not covered. If it was covered, it was fine. It's bizarre. Um, Yeah, left inner arm. So any type of shielding, for the most part, protected the skin from flash burns. Although people very, very close to the explosion obviously had it worse. And they were flash burned through multiple layers of clothes. In those cases, you would find burns through black clothing, but not through white on the same person. 
So if you had white on, it didn't flash burn through that. But if you had black black on, it flash burned through that. It's like so bizarre how these work. Um, And they also said that like um, they could flash burn through tighter clothing. So if you had a shirt on, your shoulders and like your elbows would flash burn because you know how like Mm -hmm. your cloth Mm -hmm. is tighter Mm -hmm. on your shoulder and your elbow or on the knees of your pants or something. Those would flash burn, but nothing else would flash burn. Um, It's so weird. Yeah. Incidents of burns on patients living uh, on patients living more than a few hours were as high as ninety five percent. So people who were still alive a few hours after the bombs went off, ninety five percent of them had burns. Um, the Japanese estimate that seventy five percent of deaths were due to burns. The incidence of burns was in direct relation to the person's distance from X. Everything is in direct relation from the person's. It, it distance. makes sense, right? Obviously. Um, people with flash burns from Hiroshima were all less than 7,500 feet from X. Okay. At Nagasaki, people with burns were observed to be out as far as 13,800 feet. That's over, over two, two miles. Yeah, it's over two miles. Yep. And you're still getting a burn from that. Yes. Over two miles. Um, so the burns were not good. And everyone had them. You were two miles out, you had burns. I mean, have you seen pictures? Like, their eyes were burnt. Yeah. Like, they had that milky look because they're blind from yeah. it, from the flash. Or their skin was just hanging off of them because they were so severely burnt. It was disgusting. Yeah. They just and it was came like, off. It was kids and shit. It was disgusting. Yeah. Um, And then we have radiation injuries. This gets a little hairy. Well, that's why, like, I was going to go into how the bomb actually works. It's so into protons, neutrons. Yeah. I, I was like, they're going to fall asleep. I didn't go into like the gamma rays. Yeah. I can't. It's, it's radiation. Dry. It's terrible. It's yeah. the same thing. It happens at Chernobyl. It's the same thing. Any nuclear meltdown. should come at Chernobyl. Yeah. Anything like that. It's all the same. You get radiation sickness, acute radiation mm-hmm. syndrome. It's terrible. It's awful. You die. It's painful. But we'll go into it. So, but I'm not <laughs> going. Here it is. <laughs> but I'm not going into the science of it. It's too much. Um, radiation injuries were mostly experienced within the first second after the explosion. The first second. So you don't even know what the fuck happened and you've got radiation exposure. You Yes, they were immediately had radiation illness from this. A few may have happened slightly after, but all radiation injuries from Hiroshima and Nagasaki occurred in the first minute of the bomb being dropped. Wow. The most severe radiation injuries... Will follow a path like this. I'm going to give you a generalized path. I want like, my generalized path. Most of yeah, you're you're right out of the epicenter. You're still alive, but you're somehow I've made it out. You've made it out. The bomb. Day one, nausea and vomiting. After one to two hours after the bomb went off, mm-hmm. you're throwing up. You're sick to your stomach. Um, days two and four, you're better. You don't have nausea and vomiting. You're walking around. You know, probably resting because you just went through a huge atomic <laughs> bomb. You just had a nuclear explosion. bomb explode in your house. But you feel better. You rebound. Day five. Diarrhea. Most severe forms, your diarrhea is blood. Oh, good. Um, six. Day six. You're back to vomiting again. Yeah. Day I'm seven. losing weight. Yeah. Day seven, you have inflammation of the mouth and throat. Ew. Mm-hmm. Day eight, you're getting a fever. Day nine, rapid emaciation. So you are just, you're done. Just literally falling off you day nine. Day 10, death. Mortality, 100%. So these people all did it in a second. With with this, not all these, the most severe radiation injuries, illnesses. Yeah. Mortality is 100%. So the closer you are to the yeah. bombing, you're getting radiation illness and you're dying. Dead within a week. And there is nothing you can do to stop it. There is nothing you can really give for radiation illness. Now we can do some things back then. It was all supportive care. And mm-hmm. I'll go over that. Um, for a moder- moderately severe case of radiation illness. Day one, you have nausea and vomiting. Feel You feel better, though, after day one until around day 11. Then you have epilation. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Which is the loss of hair, which I will go over. That starts on day, about day 11. Almost like you had chemo. Yeah. Day 18, general malaise, no appetite. No, there's that malaise like word again. Yeah. Day 20, get a fever. Day 21, severe inflammation of the mouth and throat. Um, day 27, have some pallor. You're not looking so hot. Day 28, petechiae, diarrhea, nose bleeding. You're just bleeding out of orifices now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yep. And around um, day 28, you have rapid emaciation and the mortality for a moderately severe case is 50%. 
Oof. Mm-hmm. So, what happens if you live? I'm gonna. Okay. I'll go. I'm just gonna shut up and stop asking yeah. questions. It's my inquisitive. I know. No. Um, the mild, a mild case. You're fine. Like you think, oh, I lived through that. I'm fine. Mm. Until day 19. And then you have um, the... Until ap- day 19. I don't know if you say Appalachian. Ap- I think that's how you say it. E-P-I-L-A-T-I-O-N. Appalachian. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The Appalady, remember? From the 80s? The Appalady. No. Oh, I remember Missy talking yeah. about that. Yeah. I thought she knew she was right. getting a divorce. That was a yeah. Christmas gift. Yeah. Um, so day 19, it's that Appalachian. You're losing your hair. Day 20, you have a loss of appetite. Day 22, um, you have a sore throat. Day 23, pala. Day 24, <laughs> petechiae. Day 25, diarrhea. And day 26, moderate emaciation. I was going to say weight loss is coming. Yeah. So then you're getting the, the weight loss. So I'm going to go through some of these symptoms that I talked about just because people not, might know what they mean. Epilation is a loss of hair. Like I said, it's it was almost always just the scalp. Like if you had, if you were Mike and you had hair on your chest, you weren't losing that. It was just the scalp hair. Um, and it usually involved just the crown of your head, not the sides. Oh, so you had the St. Anthony going you on. Yeah, the St. Anthony. Um, in the extreme cases, the hair was totally lost. In some cases, hair had started regrowing back after 50 days after oh. the bomb. But some in some cases, completely back. gone. But it was literally, I think that's so weird. It's, it was like just the crown, the side of your yeah. head stayed on. Um, and then petechiae and other hemorrhagic problems were a very concerning um, symptom. It meant your bleeding times were slower. Mm-hmm. Your coags were off and your platelets were really low because mm-hmm. you're just bleeding from everywhere now. So something's happened to your blood. Um, bleeding began usually in the gums. And if it was a severe case, bleeding was from every source possible. You bled out of like everything. DIC almost. Yeah, you were in DIC. Um, petechiae were often seen. Petechiae, those little dots. Like, you, like you if get, you strangle somebody, yeah. they'll say, oh, there was petechiae. If you vomit really hard, you, you get, get those little, little red, dots little on red your blood cheeks. vessels. Your capillaries burst. Yeah, it's usually little capillaries bleeding. Um, they, they were often seen on limbs and pressure points. Large, huge bruises appeared around like needle insertion mm-hmm. sites. If they drew your blood or they were giving you something, you would get a huge um, bruises. And wounds that had been healing would reopen and bleed. Oh, like so that's all rough. your healing stopped and you were just mm-hmm. bleeding out of everything. Lesions of the gums and oral mucous membranes and throat were seen. Mm-hmm. So you got lesions all in your mouth and your throat, your tongue. They became like wicked deep red in color. And then they would usually turn into ulcerations in necrosis. Because you couldn't heal because you're not healing anything right. in your body. Um, blood tests show, showed low white blood cell counts. In extreme cases, the white blood cell count was under 1,000. The normal is 7,000. Mm-hmm. Um, the low white blood cell counts allowed for infections of these ulcerations that you were getting all over the place. So now all these open sores are all infected because mm-hmm. your body can't fight anything off. And um, other ulcerations were found in larynx, your larynx, which is in your throat, bowels, female genitalia, for whatever reason, not male genitalia. Um, so these people are just getting sores all in the everywhere inside. and bleeding out of them because they're not mm-hmm. clotting. And then they're getting infected because they have yeah. low white blood cell because the radiation has done something to your bone marrow, which is changing it's like leukemia your blood. Almost. Yeah. Um, lesions of the eye. I think this is what you're Ooh. talking about with the eyes. Lesions of the eye and the re- and retinal hemorrhage were um, and exudate were seen in 75% of the patients showing other signs of radiation injuries. So mm-hmm. their eyes were hemorrhaging. The retinas were hemorrhaging, and then they had exudate coming yeah. from their eyes. So I think that's those milky white eyes yeah, you're talking about. Terrible. That's a radiation injury. Um, it's awful. Deaths from radiation started about a week after the bombing, peaked at three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. And then stopped after seven to eight weeks. Wow. So if you lived through seven and eight weeks, you were going to live. Um, the treatment for radiation injuries, especially then, even now, is supportive measures. Like, there's nothing to cure it. Um, rest. Um, high vitamin and caloric diets to try to keep some of this weight on. You're shitting yourself and you're vomiting mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, blood transfusions, because everything's low. Um, the Japanese did, after a little bit, start giving sulfonamides, which fight it's a sulfa drug and mm-hmm. then when the american physicians got there they started giving penicillin which did help and it did save a lot of people because yeah, of all these raging only infections. came out in world war ii yeah in these people but they couldn't fight mm-hmm. off these infections so they did help that did help save a lot of people 
um, high doses of radiation cause DNA damage. Somatic mutations cannot be passed down from parent to offspring. So these changes, like if I were there, it wouldn't go to your kids. It would not go to my kids. It would change the stuff in me, but it would not change from, it would not pass on to my kids. Um, Irreversible stem cell damage in bone marrow is the first life-threatening effect of radiation exposure. We can now do stem cell transplants if someone's exposed and has bone marrow failure. They couldn't do that then. So you were fucked. Fucked. Your bone marrow is radiated. Everything's changed. The right. stem cells are dead or changed or whatever. You are screwed. Um, because the radiation alters DNA and causes cell mutation, it causes cancer as well. Because cancer is a mutation of a cell. Um, the most deadly being leukemia. Increase in leukemia appeared two years after bom- the bombings and peaked about four to six years later. Children were affected the most. Of course. Um, and the risk of leukemia for bomb survivors was 46%. Wow. That is huge. That is huge. Half the people that survived that are going to get leukemia. leukemia. Yeah. That's insane. Um, for all other cancers, incidents d- did not increase until 10 years after the bombing. So, like, they call it solid cancers because leukemia is a cancer of your blood. Right. So, solid like lung cancers. Or so, heart. Right. Or... Lung, heart, whatever. Prostate, whatever. Um, they didn't see an increase in those until 10 years after the bombing. Wow. Yeah, and solid cancer rates were much lower than re- leukemia rates at ten point seven percent. Okay. So the rate of you, the increase in the rate of you getting it is still. I mean, you're still at a ten percent chance of high. getting them, which is high, but, but it's, it's not forty six. Yeah. Um, children who were in utero, so Ooh. babies that were in their mother's uterus at the time of the bombings, um, were born with smaller head sizes, an increase in mental disability. And impaired physical growth because they were exposed, right? Yeah. Like it's not yeah. like you weren't pre- you were pregnant. This baby was still right. there. They were exposed, um, but they had a lower increase in cancer rates than the children who were already born at the time of the bombing. So those babies in utero didn't even risk. it was at less risk for cancer. Um, no radiation related disease has been seen in the future children of survivors. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that, like I said, it it changes this you inside, but it does not. Pass Change on your to kids. Your oh, thank God. Thank God. Um, which I didn't, I think I thought they were all at risk. Um, so the problem was all these people I burned mm-hmm. have these terrible crush injuries. The towns are decimated. 90% of Hiroshima's doctors and nurses were killed or injured <gasps> by the bomb. Oh, you're just 90%. giving me goosebumps. 90%. While the blast left 42 out of 45 of the city's civilian hospitals and two large army hospitals non-functional. So you had three out of 45 hospitals that were functional. And and you had thousands of people that need it. 90% of the doctors and nurses were killed. Shit. Um, It's, it was nearly impossible for all the injured people to get aid. Because everybody was going to help you was dead. Right? Like, I mean, people were trying, but in the... The hospitals are decimated that you can't get bandages, you can't get medicine, you can't get anything. IVs, nothing, because it's all ruined. Can you imagine the poor 5% that lived? Yep. (laughs) They, well, they, they said like these people had severe burns. They had severe, they couldn't get any relief. None. They had like nothing to do for them. Oh my God. Um, before the attack on Hiroshima had about 200 doctors. Afterwards, there was about 30 doctors left. Oh my God. Yep. Um, so they, that were able to perform. Um. Furthermore, more than 1,600 nurses out of the nearly 1,800 were killed. So 200 lived. 200 lived. Yep. And then all the medical supply, everything, everything. was gone. Um, or contaminated, burned, or whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah. They were larger hospitals. They were reinforced with concrete. They were located about 5,000 feet from the blast center. Which is over a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interior suffered severe damage. And around 90% of the people in the hospital died. Even though the building wow. was left standing, everything in it, and it was, was dead, ruined. gone. Um, it a lot of them were killed because of the plaster, fires, right. glass, right. whatever. Um, several medical centers that were located more than seven thousand feet, so you're talking about a mile and a half from ground zero, remain standing, but they were so badly damaged you could not use them. Um, and so this just all exacerbated everything. Worse. Everything was worse. All the injury you couldn't give them anything. You couldn't treat anybody if if the hospitals were still standing, if the doctors and nurses were still alive. Yep. More people might have survived. Um, one person that was there, this is a quote from them. Um, 
Iodine is applied to the wounds, but they are left uncleansed. So people just pouring betadine on the wounds because that's all they could do because there's nothing. Um, Neither ointment nor therapeutic agents were available. Those that have been brought in are laid on the floor and no one can give them any further care. Mm. What could one do when all means are lacking? Among the passerby, there are many who are uninjured, he wrote. It's... In the official, then he wrote, in the official aid stations and hospitals, a good third or half of those that had been brought in died. Everything was lacking. Doctors, assistants, dressings, drugs, etc. Oh. There was nobody to help these people until people could come in from the outside mm-hmm. to help them. Um, so it's just. So does it get into who did come in and help them? I mean, people from surrounding cities did. The Americans came in. I mean, other people came in, but. It doesn't specifically. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Japan's islands too. But so. it took a while for yeah. people to get there. That's my point. Like, they're islands. It's not like people are driving in from Connecticut to come help out. They're right. on an island right. and your island's just been decimated. Yeah. And... It's other towns are coming, yeah. but I, a lot of people were also afraid because the, the radiation. radiation, which was fine apparently, but you don't know that. Right. I would think. I would what think they didn't know would have been astounding, you know, because right. it's the first time, and fortunately so far, the last time it's ever oh, been really? used. Yeah. So then. I'm not going to say any of these names, right? And I feel terrible. But the people who did survive, who had the burns and had radiation injuries, people were afraid of them. They were afraid it was contagious. They were people? Didn't. No. Yeah. Yes. They had a name for them. It was, I'm not going to say this right. I'm very sorry. Habakashu? Habakashua. It's H-I-B-A-K-U-S-H-A. Habakashua. Yeah, that sounds right. All right. They were discriminated against in their own society. Um, They were denied entrance to public bathrooms. Oh. They were denied jobs. Marriages. Like people, like if you had been in love, you know, if Brian had been in love with you before the bombing and he wanted to marry you, the father would be like, no, you can't marry her. You have all this. Your kids will be, have problems. They wouldn't. They were like wow. shunned. Um, Children like with visible injuries were like made fun of. It was terrible. A lot of rumors were circulated that these people carried serious diseases. If two survivors got married, your kids are going to be disabled. So they wouldn't let two survivors get married. Um, A lot of them, if they could, tried to hide the fact that they were survivors. So if like, you know, it wasn't like Mm -hmm. if you could cover it up with clothes, they would. Um, One man... We're called wearing long sleeve shirts year round. He said, I didn't want people to see my scars. I didn't want them to gawk at me with weird expressions on their faces. Um, in most of the conditions that these people suffered from weren't covered under Japanese health care laws. Oh God. Um, so. Oh, but then they wouldn't be because it had never happened before. Right. And then they were like, well, we can't. We're not going to pay for that because. Because that's not from anything we do. Like it, it yeah. was. Bizarre. And then they did pass a 1957 Atomic Bomb Victims Medical Care Law, which provided some benefits. But it's you had a years later. You were so close to the location. How did they do that? Exactly. You, you were so close to that location. So it was like, oh, it was so hard to get them that a lot of these people didn't ever get any, comp- any help. help with their bills and everything. Um, there was more than a million Hibakashua at the end of the war. And it's very hard for these people to get any help because they couldn't oh. understand the law. They couldn't understand right. like what they had to do and how the hell do you prove that's where you were standing? Everything you had was How gone. would you even charge them? I, I, don't I mean, the Coconut Grove, nobody was charged. Right. I nobody know. was charged. I, I don't know. So then I have these stories of nine eyewitness accounts of the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Again, I'm going to butcher these poor people's names and I really do feel terrible. Um... Like I said, they faced discrimination. They didn't want to go out. They couldn't go to some places. It, it was really, really terrible that these people suffered like this and then had to suffer through the rest of their lives. Um, but now people have started speaking out as years and years went by. Like, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with right. me. You know, get, like, get I, something terrible happened to me and I shouldn't be discriminated against. So this person is, I'm not going to say any of these names right. Teiko Terame. Um... He didn't realize the full extent... She didn't realize the full extent of her injuries until her younger brothers started making fun of her appearance. She's confused. She's 15 years old. No idea why my brothers are making fun of how I look. She asked her parents for a mirror. So they must have t- hidden all the mirrors. 
they denied the request for Mira. So she tracks one. She mm. finds one one day. She was so she said, I was so surprised. I, fi- I found my left eye looked just like a pomegranate. And I also found cuts on my right eye and on my nose and on my lower jaw. It was horrible. I was very shocked to find myself looking like a monster. On the day of the bombing, this woman was one of thousands of students that were mobilized to help um, fill the Hiroshima's wartime labor shortages. So they would take kids to go work because people are, you know, Mm -hmm. like they did here, women and everybody work. So she was assigned to the city's telephone bureau. She was on the building's second floor. When she heard a quote unquote tremendous noise. I can't even fathom that noise. I, I can't even imagine looking no. out the window and seeing a fucking mushroom cloud in no. my parking lot. Um, the walls collapsed. They were in complete darkness. She said, I began to choke on that cons- consequent smoke. Poisonous gas, it seems like. And vomited uncontrollably. So she and obviously radiation. has radiation illness. Um, then she, like all these people screaming, obviously, and she hears one voice call out. We and it said, "We must endure this, like the proud scholars that we are." It was her homeroom teacher, who was like not much older than the kids. You know, these people are all young. The children are like, like, yep, that's what we need to do. You're right. We have to keep going. So they all calm down because oh she's talking to her. God. So they managed to escape by jumping out a second story window. She climbed down a telephone pole. She tries to cross the Kiyobashi River to safety. Like, she's like, I gotta get across this river. She finds its only bridge is in flames. And the city she's left behind engulfed in a sea of fire. So everything's just on fire. Could you even imagine seeing that? Yep. So her homeroom teacher, again, finds her and takes her across. And they swim across this river to get away from the epicenter. And the, the teacher's offering encouragement through the whole journey, like, really getting her across this river. She drops Terame off at an evacuation center, and the young teacher returns to Hiroshima to help her other students, and she died of her injuries on August 30th, the teacher. Oh, that's terrible. Um, she says, the teacher saved my life, yet I was not able to tell her a simple thank you. I deeply regret this to this day. So she lived, she obviously had radiation injuries, she obviously had... Injuries. Other injuries, and her brothers... I saw a picture on that page. What does she look like now? She looked um, like I mean, her, is her eyes still messed one, up? No, one eye is like it's probably the one that looked like a pomegranate. Yeah. She said it's like lower. You can tell like yeah. it's smaller, but, but it, I mean fine. she looks You wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. Um and then there's Sachiko Matsuo. Again, I am very sorry. Um so a little before the bombing of Nagasaki, when Sachiko was eleven year old, his father found a leaflet dropped by American pilots. And it warned the residents. Of imminent attack. They dropped so I didn't know they warned flyers them. saying... Well, they didn't warn them what was coming, really. They just no, said they, you're going to... imminent attack. So they had... I mean, like you said, there was air raids all over the place. Not these towns, but there was mm. air raids. So they're, they're dropping flyers. There's an attack coming. Um, so Sachiko's father was... Okay, this is bad. He constructs a, like a little makeshift cabin high up in the mountain overlooking Nagasaki. Um, in the days right before the scheduled bombing... He makes, like, his extended family, like, come on, you have to come up here. Like, mm-hmm. we have to be safe. Something's going to happen. And they do. On August 8th, the supposed day of the attack, nothing happens. Oh, no, 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 So no, his no, mother no, and no. aunt tell him, I want to go back home. No. Nothing happened. I want to go back home. The father um, was like, but the United States time zone is one day behind us. So tomorrow well, really August fucking 8th. smart. Yeah. He's like, no, it's not. That's probably what it is. They're thinking it's tomorrow. Yeah. They didn't want to listen. <gasps> um, he got very upset, stormed out, went to work. Um, and then I think because he was so upset, they decided, you know what? Fine. We'll stay here one more day. Because okay. he got so upset about yeah. this. The extended family stayed for one more day. The bomb struck hours later. All those hit in the cabin survived the initial impact, albeit they had severe burns, they had lacerations, but they survived the initial impact. After a little bit, they're like, oh, I wonder what a house is like down in Nagasaki. Um, So this boy walked to a place from where I'd be able to see the house, but there was nothing like a big cloud covering the whole city. And the cloud was growing and climbing up towards us. I could see nothing below. My grandmother started to cry. Everybody is dead. This is the end of the world. 
His father, who had been stationed outside of an arms factory because he was in the civil defense mm-hmm. unit, returned to the cabin that afternoon. So he was down there at this arms thing. He comes up. He had several injuries, wounds to the head, hands, legs. He required a cane to walk. Um, his other son, his eldest son, who had also been in the civil defense unit, died in the blast. Um, they found his corpse on a rooftop. Like, oh, it just flung him. Yeah. Um, and by the time they could return to get it, it was gone. But they're lucky they found him at yeah, all. Yes, so they knew he did yeah. die. Um, in the weeks after the bombing, this boy's father began suffering from the effects of radiation. Oh. He soon came down with diarrhea and a high fever. His hair began to fall out and dark spots formed on his skin. So he had the appellation mm. and then the petechiae. Um, and she said, my father passed away suffering greatly on August 28th. So 20 two, days later. Yeah, 20 days later. And he's the one that saved Get to the days. cabin, like stay in the cabin. And but he still he went, went to work. work. Yep. Um, Norimitsu Tosu is another person. Um, Norimitsu's mother took him and his twin brother on a walk around the Hiroshima neighborhood every day. On August 6th, no different. The three of them had just returned from their daily walk and the three-year-olds were in the bathroom washing their hands. And then the walls collapsed. Trapping the brothers under a pile of debris, just in their bathroom. Um, their mother, who had lost consciousness, but she woke to the sound of them screaming, um, pulled them from the rubble and brought them to a relative's house. Five of Tatsu's seven immediate family members survived the bombing. His father, who had been temporarily jan- jailed over an accusation of bribery, <laughs> was shielded by the prison's strong walls. Um, but two siblings, an older brother and a sister, died. The family was only able to learn of um, the brother's fate. We didn't know what happened to the sister, and we never located her body. Nothing. We didn't even know where exactly she was when the bomb exploded. So they found, knew that the brother, yeah. you know, died. They must have found the body. They never knew what happened. She was one sister. of them missing. Um, he doesn't remember much because he was only three. Um, but one memory stands out. He says, when we were evacuating, there were dead horses, dogs, animals, and people everywhere. And the smells I remember. Oh. There was this terrible smell. It smelled like canned salmon. So for a long time after that, I couldn't eat canned salmon because the smell reminded me of that. It was sickening. So more than anything I saw or heard, it was the smell that I remember the most. Don't even think about the smell. No, I all can't even. burning flesh. No, I can't even. Rotting that. Co- oh, in August. Mm. Um, then there's Yoshiro Yamawaki. Um, so he's in Nagasaki. The, the atomic bomb drops. He's 11. The next day he goes out looking for his father because his father hadn't come home. Um, he worked at the local Pablo station. So, you know, that's probably gone in the blast. Mm-hmm. Um, on the way, him and two of his brothers saw like awful Things that 11-year-old children should never see, including corpses whose skin would come peeling off just like that of an overripe peach, exposing the white fat underneath. Um, A young woman whose intestines dragged behind her in what the trio at first thought was a long white cloth belt. And How a six- is she alive? I don't know. That's what I was talking about with the blast yeah. injury. Um, and a six or seven-year-old boy whose parasitic roundworms had come shooting out of his mouth post-mortem. So he had the worms first. Right. He, I think that was, because like in the fish and stuff, I think people get, so but the they like, like, the worms, yeah. This is what these little kids are seeing. Um, the boy soon arrived at the power station, which was near the bombs um, hypocenter and had been reduced to little more than a pile of scorched metal. They see three guys with shovels and they're like, where's our father? This is his name. And one of the men pointed towards like one of the buildings that was collapsed, said your father's over there. They're all excited. My father's oh, over there. Dude. And they fa- see the father's dead Boy. body. It was swollen and scorched, just like all the others. Then they, after talking to these older guys, after they find this body, they realize they either have to cremate his remains to bring home to their mother or bury his body on site because they're not going to leave him laying there. Yeah. These little boys. Um, so they didn't know what to do. So they gathered up pieces of wood that were already on they fire, built like a little funeral pyre, pyre and tried to 11 years it. old. Um, the men that were there told them, why don't you come back tomorrow for his ashes? Like, let him, mm-hmm. don't watch this. And so they're like, yeah, they were so upset. They go home. They come back the next morning and ha- found their father's half cremated body abandoned and coated in ash. So half of them burned. 
And then they had to find the rest of the half of his body there. Um, he says, my brother looked at our father's body for a while longer and then said, we can't do anything more. We'll just take his skull home and that will be the end. Um, when the young boy went to retrieve the skull with a pair of tongs brought from home, they crumbled apart like a plaster model and half burned brains came flowing out. How these children aren't scarred for life? Survive this. Because the Japanese culture is something. They are hot. Like, think of the tsunami. Within a day, they fucking... Got their shit together, lined up in an orderly fashion, got to the food kit. Like, they are the most hardcore people I've ever come across. He said, letting out a scream, my brother threw down the tongs and darted away. The two of us ran after him. These were the circumstances under which we forsook our father's body. He feels guilty that, that they he, left yeah, the body like, like that. that. Um, aside from the traumatic experience of having to cremate your own father, this is what the photographer who was doing this picture said, I was awestruck by Mr. Yamawaki... And his brother's persistence at a young age, no less, to send their father off with quietude and dignity under such devastating circumstances. These were little boys trying to do this. Um, and then there's, oh my God, Kiku Shioda. <laughs> um, Kiku said, August 6th was an unimaginably beautiful day, punctuated by a blinding light that flashes if a thousand magnesium bulbs had been turned on all at once. Um... The blast trapped the 20-year-old Shiota and her 16-year-old sister beneath the remains of their raised house more than a mile from the bomb's hypocenter. Um, after Shiota's father came and rescued the daughters from the rubble, they set out to look for the remaining family members. Burned bodies were scattered everywhere, making it impossible to walk without stepping on someone. The sister saw a newborn baby still attached to its oh, mother's Lord, dead mother's umbilical cord lying He's... on the side of the road. This is what these kids are seeing. I, I could have skipped that part. As the pair walked the streets of Hiroshima, their 10-year-old brother um, was doing another search. When Shiota finally spotted him standing among a crowd of people, she was horrified. All the skin on his face was peeling off and dangling. He was limping feebly. All the skin from his legs burned and dragging behind him like heaps of rags. Oh. The young boy survived his injuries. His 14-year-old sister did not. Um, the family never recovered the 14-year-old's body. Um, but they were faced, they were forced to face the worst after finding a scrap of her uniform burned into the asphalt. And she said, I thought my heart would surely stop because that very cloth I found was my sister Mitsu, my little sister. Mishan, that must be my sister. I called out to her. It must have been terribly hot. The pain must have been unbearable. I would You think must she have just, screamed for help. I would have think she didn't even know what happened. I know. My tears falling. I searched my sister in vain. Um, one month after the bombing, they lost another person, Shiota's mother, who appeared up into good health until the day before she died, died of acute leukemia caused by the blast radioactive rays. Um, and she was cremated on a pit dug by a neighbor because that's where we were at. There's Akiko Takakura. Takakura was 19 19 years old when the bomb fell. It was, it detonated like really close to where she worked. She lost consciousness after seeing a white magnesium flash. But later, she woke to the sound of a friend crying for her mother. Um, they escaped the building, which had been partially shielded. They It partially shielded the people inside from, like, the flash burn or anything because it had reinforced concrete walls. Um, they got out onto the street where they encountered a, quote-unquote, whirlpool of fire that burned everything in touch. Um... It was just like a living hell, Takakura recalled. After a while, it began to rain. The fire and the smoke made us so thirsty, and there was nothing to drink. People opened their mouths and turned their faces oh, towards the no. sky to try to drink the rain. But it wasn't easy to catch the raindrops in our mouths. It was a black rain with big drops. They were drinking. The chemicals. The, yeah. The radiate, the fallout. Yeah. Um, the fire eventually died down, and they could... Try to make them try to get home. Um, they said the streets were littered with reddish brown corpses of those who, who were killed instantly. Um, they re- they reached a nearby like thing in the ground. They stayed there for the night with a sheet of corrugated tin for warmth. Um, on August tenth, her mother took her daughter who had sustained more than 100 lacerations all over her body, home to begin the lengthy recovery process. Um, 
and her friend that she was with died less than a month later from her oh. injuries. And there's Hiroyasu Tagawa. Um, in the spring of 1945, there was government-mandated evacuations. So the 12-year-old Tagawa and her sister moved in with their aunt, who lived a very short distance from Nagasaki, while her parents relocated to a neighborhood close to their workplace. On the morning of August 9th, Tagawa heard that he what he thought might be a B-29 bomber flying overhead, because again, they're used to like the sounds of these planes. Because they're getting bombed. Yep. He rushes outside to look. Suddenly, everything turned orange, he said. I quickly covered my eyes and ears and laid down on the ground. This was the position we practiced daily at school for times like this. Soon, dust and debris and pieces of glass were flying everywhere. After that, silence. All those that were living at the aunt's house survived with minor injuries. But after three days passed, there was no news of his parents. So they decided to go to the city center and search for them. They found piles of corpses and people similarly looking for missing family members. Using long bamboo sticks, they were turning over one corpse after the other as they floated down the river. Oh. There was an eerie silence in an overwhelming stench. That's terrible. Yeah. His mother found him first. His mother's alive. Oh, thank God. Um, calling out his name as he walked down the street. She and her husband had been staying at his shelter, um, but they were too badly injured to make the walk all the way back to the aunt's. The father was in very bad shape. Um, he was a factory worker and he'd been handling dangerous chemicals when the bomb struck. So not only did the <laughs> bomb strike, yeah, the dangerous, yeah. It's impact sent the toxic materials flying, severely burning his feet. So he mm. must have spilled them all over his feet. Um, so this kid gets like neighbors to help him bring his father to a temporary hospital where the doctors had a foot, had to amputate his feet with a carpenter saw. Because they have no supplies. His father died three days later. Um, and the this poor kid says, I wondered if I had done wrong by taking him over there. Had I not brought him to save, to have the surgery, maybe he would have lived for a longer time. Those regrets felt like thorns in my heart. Like, that's the only thing you can do. He was going to die. You know, he was going to die no thing, matter what. You think, these are kids. Yeah, his feet would have gotten infected. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after his, he returned to his aunt's house, town to deliver the news of his father's death, he received word that his mother, who suffered from radiation poisoning, was now in critical condition. Um, he biked all the way back to her bedside to say goodbye to her. My aunt said, your mother almost died last night, but she wanted to see you one last time. So she gave it her best to live one more day. My mother looked at me and whispered, Hiro-chan, my dear child, grow up fast, Okay. With these words, she drew her last breath. He grew up the day that bomb was yes. dropped. And then there's Shosho Kawamoto. Shosho was 11, and he was one of the 2,000 children evacuated from the city center ahead of the bombing. Um, He'd been working in a field north of the city with other little young kids, and he noticed a white cloud rising in the sky. Um, caretakers told the group of 6 to 11 year olds that the city center where all their families lived had been obliterated holy shit which they probably thought I mean oh. they mostly had um, three days later his 16 year old sister arrived to pick him up um, and then she told him that their mother and younger siblings had died at home embracing one another the father and an older sister were missing um, they never learned exactly what happened to them Never. Never saw. So never it's saw just him and his yeah. sister that are yeah. alive. Um, they moved into a ruined train station, this little boy and his 16-year-old sister, because they had nowhere to go, um, where they witnessed the plight of other orphaned children. We did not have enough food to survive. We were in a constant tug of war over food, sometimes only one dumpling. In the end, the strong survived and the weak died mm. one after another. Most orphans died within months. Oh. Um. Toki died of an undiagnosed illness, likely leukemia, in February of 1946. The sister. Um, following the sister's, when she died, a soy sauce factory owner took this kid in, fed him, sheltered him in exchange for 12 years of work. So he was an indentured servant. He had a, he fed and yeah. had a house for labor. At the end of this period, the man gave his son a house. So he wasn't like, a, yeah. he wasn't, he was clothed and housed yeah. and fed. Yeah. He had to work. But after the 12 years, he gave him Aww, his own house and everything. Nice. So that was nice. 
Um, and then I have. I think these are horrible this, stories. These though. are terrible stories. I think. I only have. This is the last one. <laughs> Tat. Oh, God. Tatsumo Yamaguchi. I'm so sorry. I know I am. That sounds pretty good. Yamaguchi. Well, Christy I think Yamaguchi. Because Christy, yeah. Um, to date, the Japanese government has recognized only one survivor of both Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings. They survived both the bombings. Ooh. And it's this naval engineer. What fucking luck did this guy have? I can't. Su- Sutomu Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi. He died in 2010 at the age of 93. Oh, apparently he did fine. Yeah. He was a long Nagasaki resident. He had lived in Nagasaki for like ever. But he spent the summer of 1945 on a temporary assignment in Hiroshima. August 6th was set to be his last day of work before returning home to his wife and infant son. On that morning, he was 29. He's walking to the shipyard and saw a great flash in the sky. Um, Yamaguchi said a huge mushroom-shaped pillar of fire rising up in, high into the sky. It was like a tornado, although it didn't move. But it rose and spread out horizontally at the top. There was a prismatic light, which was changing in a complicated rhythm, like the patterns of a kaleidoscope. I read somewhere that they only had black and white pictures of it, but that survivors said it looked like a rainbow. Yeah, it's so... I mean, yeah, I guess, with all yeah. like the infrared. And I don't know. Um, it ruptured his eardrums. It burned his face and forearms. After this happens, he reunites with two co-workers and the trio get their belongings from their dorm and start making their way to the train station. We saw our mother with a baby on her back. She looked as if she had lost her mind. The child on her back was dead, and I don't know, know if she even realized. Um, he lost track of his friends on the train because I'm sure it's insane. Yeah. They're going back to Nagasaki, though. He ended up sitting across from a young man who spent the journey clasping an awkwardly covered bundle on his lap. He asked what was in the package. The stranger responded, I married a month ago, but my wife died yesterday. I want to take her home to her parents. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was her head in the thing. It was her head. That's all that was left. Um, upon reaching Nagasaki, Yamaguchi visited a hospital to receive treatment for his burns. So there was a, because there was hospital still there because the bomb has mm-hmm. been dropped there. He deems himself fit for work. <laughs> he returns to duty the next day. He's in the Told middle you, of- They're fucking hardcore. I'm telling- He's in the middle of telling the story of the bombing when another blinding flash of light fills the room. I thought the mushroom cloud had followed me from Hiroshima, is what he said. Like, he, he couldn't believe that yeah. this is happening to him. He's pretty much unhurt. Um, and when he rushes to check on his wife and his son at the house, he finds them. They are pretty much unhurt. Um, but over the next several days, he started suffering from the effects of radiation poisoning. His hair fell out, the wounds on his arms turned gangrenous, and be- he began vomiting incessantly. With time, though, he recovers and lives a normal life. Told me he's 93. He was, in fact, so healthy that he avoided speaking out about his experiences for fear of seeming unfair to people who were really sick. Yeah. Um, I can't even imagine what it must have been like. It's like, shit. Yeah. An Another estimated one. 165 people survived both bombings. He is the... Only remains the only one to receive official recognition because it's probably like written that he was there mm. or something but they think 165 were both bombing. wow and this man was at both and lived to the age of 93 in the horrors he saw at both I gotta say it gives me hope if God forbid we're ever bombed so that's the, all the injuries the medical that's an it's an insane story I'm glad it's... that they, she gave us that idea um, it's tragic and it's a part of history people need to know yeah and I don't know if a different culture, how it would be. The Japanese just pick fuck up their boot. I mean, the guy went back to work. He he survives an atomic bombing and goes back to work. Gets on the train, goes to the doctor. He says, I'm good. And goes back to work. I mean, they just, and, you know, as soon as they could, they started rebuilding. And look at Tokyo now. It's like, you would never know. Um, But I think a lot of it was, like, hidden. A lot of it was pushed under the rug. A lot of things weren't allowed to be spoken about from mm. the U.S. and Japan. And then these poor survivors. I mean, I don't know what would happen if they didn't do it. I mean, no, I, you right. know, and but also they did it to be like, look how fucking badass we are. Yeah. Look what we got. And, I think- and within months, Germany had it. Russia had it. Yeah. Like within months, the superpowers all had nuclear weapons. And it's been a fucking disaster since. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know if we should have that kind of no, knowledge and power so. to do that. No. I mean, and, you know, my our sons are in the service. My son wants to be on a submarine. They're walking Armageddon. I mean, there's floating Armageddons. They're under yeah. the water. And somebody's like, yeah, well, if they hit us with a nuclear bomb, I'm like, yes, but the moment something nuclear is launched at us, these Armageddon submarines are going to annihilate whatever that country right. is. Nobody's going to be fucking left. No, I think at what cost? God, I don't have it now, but there was a quote somewhere from, I think it was the president. Now I can't even remember. It was, but it said, I don't want to use the nuclear bomb because the next time a nuclear bomb is used will be the end of the world. Absolutely. Like, because everybody will start shooting right. them off. We're all going to be dead. Yeah. And what, what did we serve? Right. What was the point? Of Which it? is why nobody's ever done it. Right. Because they will. But there's That'll some crazy it. people out there. I know. That want to get their hands on it. I know. So it's a, it's a little scary. It is scary. But these poor people suffered immensely. Well, on that note, I hope you enjoyed your summer. Yeah. It's great. School's right around the corner. Yeah. So um, we get some fun stuff coming up for the fall. Okay. I don't know what it is, but we're just we'll making that up. Yeah. So uh, keep the suggestions coming. As you can see, we do use them. Yes, please. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at scissors and scrubs and email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissors and scrubs at gmail.com